well in the holiday season we're getting into or the the big three the big three uh, you're counting halloween yeah satan jesus and gluttony oh my god <laughs> what that's beautiful i mean satan came first in in the garden just then we have gluttony when they got full and fat and then jesus came to redeem all of it so yeah. i mean it, it's a biblical the redemption story. story it's a redemption story that is the gospel mm-hmm. right there Starting with Halloween. <laughs> as as told and narrated by Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, now my day. <laughs> and now that image is permanently burned into my brain. Which is not to be confused with Adam Sandler's little Nicky voice. They're very similar. Um, I didn't even make that comparison before. Yeah, they're real close. Oh, my goodness. They're real close. Um, it has been so long since I've watched Little Nicky. Yeah. <laughs> it's been too long. I I don't know if I want to though. Like it's permanently brained in my twelve year old brain. It's, it's hilarious. Funny. And so if I watch oh, it no, now, it's still funny. I'm gonna look back and go, "Ooh, maybe it's not as funny as I thought." I mean, fair, but I mean, it's still funny. <laughs> like it's still funny. What's your source, dude? Trust me, it's funny. <laughs> it yeah, it was the good era of that. Funny so. is subjective. Uh, yes and no like uh, paint drying (laughs) no no depending on how late it is in the day it could be really funny but that means you've gone mental and need some some like rest and things sleep deprivation yes everything's funny at that point but (laughs) paint drying could be funny i mean i guess in a weird obscure kind of like you know abstract way all right picasso (laughs) But no, Picasso's not the run I'm thinking of. Anywho, uh, I What's hope everyone's name? doing well in these uh, holiday season. No, no, no. Unprecedented times. I'm not going to use the words unprecedented times. In these uncertain times. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But how about these precedented times? Can we use that? That's worse. Somehow. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Get your shit and get out. Like, that's just what we are now, okay? You should expect this by now. Yeah. Um, however bad it is, just go with it. It's 2020. Anywho. <laughs> uh, today's show... Um, today's show is going to be probably a rough one, a little bit. I'm going to preface with that. Um, when are our shows not rough? This I one, don't, I don't know for us, it's going to be one. rough. I don't think this is really going to be big or hard for a lot of other people, but I think for me and you, it's going to be, it's going to be more difficult. You for underestimate sure. how relatable the human experience um, is. I'm sorry, you know, 
trigger warning, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we're going to talk about betrayal. But we're going to do so in the Reapcast way until a long ass overdue J.J. Um, Abrams style three part movie story bullshit Without to get the there. lens flare. Without the lens flare and very well, less explosions. One or two for effect, but less. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to start back to the beginning. We can't just go straight to the actual action as per the Reapcast way. In the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> so there you... were two unhealthy adults. <laughs> two unhealthy trapped adults. Trapped in the bowels <laughs> of evangelicalism. <laughs> How do you say that? Evangelicalism. Colloquialism? Even Ev- colloquialism. I'm pretty sure colloquialism is Ev- not the right word. I've read even. How do you say that word? Evangelicalism. There it is. I've read it with the triple K so many times it's now burned into it's my such, brain. It, it's a it's a large mouthful. A very large mouthful. I, the way you're looking at me suggests otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we need to go alive. The facial expressions here. We have entire conversations by just staring into each other's eyes while we talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, it started out um, in the beginning as Clay and I doing like a outreach program. <laughs> At least it that's what so we had bad. It in our brains. It was so bad. So we had a few friends that were not Christian. They were pagan. We had, so we had at the time three Three people we knew of that were either like on the fence of Jesus or like one just straight up had wanted fucking nothing to do with religion. And to put this on a timeline uh, line, <laughs> uh, this would be right after, uh, which episode is that? Um, Surviving the Church Part 1? So this is during Surviving the Church Part 1 kind of era, era yeah. of what we were th- going through. I th- yeah, I think yeah. it was... Very so this like is, during and right after. This, this is, is roughly seven years ago. Oof. Thereabouts. This is about seven years ago. Um That's a lot of time. Yeah. Um and it was during the surviving the church days of our lives. Um towards the end, but it was like the last year, roughly, year and a half, um, is when we started hanging out with people to play D D. Well, Pathfinder. To be exact. Um, you got to be very specific when you're in this genre. <laughs> yes. Um, or, or you know, our, our good friends over at Nerd Alert will, will harass me about it. That's right. Tabby nice little, and, and nice Scott right there. there. Nice little plug. Hey, hey, I got, we're so on that show too. We had just been burned or were being burned by um, severe church and legalism. I and wouldn't say, I don't know if I would say burned as much as like we were, we were waking up. Like it was, I, I remember feeling more so like we were, like things started feeling wrong and it was like, what the fuck's wrong with that? Like it was more You're that right. awakening. I mean, it we wasn't were being, being we burned. Were, we were hurt a lot, but I don't, cause remember, I think we, it was the beginnings of the, uh, of our deconstruction kind of process. Cause we, 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 oh, it was we started a massive catalyst. experimenting um, not the, in the ways you think with this uh, with this that that comes later in the deconstruction first you she question god ex- then you question <laughs> sex positions <laughs> when she says <laughs> when she says question uh experimenting it's more so we stopped listening to christian music altogether um started drinking a little bit more 
and then I love how those are the first two examples that you have to give. It's because like, those were the first two things that when happened. When you come out of church, you drink a little because bit more. Because what are you taught? You have you to listen, listen to, to nice music. You have to listen to like gospel, like Christian music only. And if you drink, it's a sin. So like the moment we get, we started coming out of it, we're like, man, I actually kind of like a hard cider or a wine or whatever it may be. You know, like <laughs> I, I do. You know. So if you're not familiar with evangelicalism. <laughs> I cannot say that word for the life of me. If you're not, if you're not um, familiar with that kind of lifestyle, there is a very deep teaching that um, implies that if you are friends, brainwashing. With, uh, okay. <laughs> if you are friends, you know the more there's like this balance that you're supposed to keep. You're supposed to always have more Christian friends than you are, than you do non-Christian friends because that old saying, which I complete, I believe is complete garbage is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. While I do understand that there is some truth to that in some areas, like if you're hanging around people who are constantly in jail and you're not yet, maybe, shouldn't be around those people 24 7 put a little distance you know i get i get the virtue behind that but the way it's taught in church is that you have to keep this strict balance that even just the the thought of having a friend that does not go to church um will eventually make you stop going to church and hey look they're right we don't go to church anymore so maybe there's some truth to that But I honestly, I think that was our own doing and we'll, we'll get into more of why that was. But so with that, we started going, Hey, that doesn't sound all the way true. Um, we, we have some friends that don't go to church at all and they're probably more decent than the ones that we do go to church with. So we decided to, to do this big experiment on, you know, whether to test that hypothesis to see if that was true or not. And as the Christian white people thing to do, we did it directly with other humans' lives and emotions and everything else. Oh, yeah. Um, We're like, you know, and, <laughs> and, and we kind of made ourselves feel a little bit better by going, you know, this is an outreach. This is to show them that Christians are nice. Now, we didn't tell them this. Of course not. Like, to In be, the true Christian be, way, we To be very honest, people. we didn't tell anyone about this until... I think probably, it was last year. No, two years two ago. Years ago. Two years ago, I'm like, hey, I need y'all to know this because I feel bad about this. I don't think I've ever told y'all, but you were fucking guinea pigs, all of you. Yeah. Like, I love you now, but like, ju- I just need you to know I was a horrible person back then. But, <laughs> but I mean, we felt like that was the right thing we were doing. Like, these yeah. poor people were so lost and needing of our role modelship and our guidance right. and our influence that uh, we didn't even suspect at all that they might influence us in a positive way. Right, we just thought like, okay, they're going to come in, they're going to spread their filth and their vile and all this other shit. got to protect our children. And of course, you know, like, we were super staunch on some things, and we still are to some degree. Um, but those are more personal boundary choices type of thing. Um, but we started noticing as we're hanging out, we're like, okay, they're not so much different. But the thing is, what we noticed is, is that like, man, they really look fucked up. And then it hit us one day about, I think, six months, seven months in. We're like, they look fucked up because they're not trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's why they look so fucked up, because they're just really open about being fucked up, you know? And that's not a bad thing, you know, like we're all fucked up in a way, but it's like they're just not so scared 
to not having it all together. As in most people are in Christianity, we, you know, we were taught in that circle, especially evangelicalism, that we are... I hate that you said that on the first go around, <laughs> like just right out of the bat. <laughs> that, uh, that we're supposed to be perfect in a way. You know, we're supposed to be like Jesus, so thus we're supposed to have it together and not let our emotions guide us. And not to say oh, that's yeah, that's what people emotions. outside the church do. Um, I know plenty of people outside the church that are that are logical and everything. Um, and I know less in the church that are, to be honest. Um, I was going to say, I know more people that are, right. they, they pretend they're very logical, but it's just emotions guised as logic. Right. It, it's it's confirmation bias of the yeah. most extreme. I am. I, uh, <laughs> the same people who say they are logic only will kick people out for yeah. showing too much affection to an, the same gender. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we started this with the goal, be like, you know, we'll, we'll We'll change them. We'll eventually have the talk with them. And if you've grown up in church, you know what the talk is. It's not the birds and the bees. It's like, hey, do you you realize like hell's a thing, right? And what ended up happening is through the months, it, we just started seeing something different. And it was like, okay, we have an agnostic, um, someone who is an atheist and someone who's believes but isn't a churchgoer. And that was the first three. Um, another friend uh, of that time, um, came in and was kind of a universalist, really. Um, he, he didn't, you know, do too much, but that's, that's what became the early days of what we now call Guildhall. Um, they were really good days. And they were. Um, There's a lot of frustration, I think, that went all around, but I mean... Well, we were all younger. I mean, again, seven years ago, we were in our mid-20s, early 20s. 23. Yeah. So, I mean, we're early 20s, you know, trying gung to... Gung-ho for Jesus. Well, not just that. We're, we're gung-ho for not being shit on. Like, really looking back, we were gung-ho for community because we, we were in one, but we were inside of the out, inside. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and anyone who's been in church leadership in any way, there there comes a point where you are in the inner circle, but you are still the farthest removed person in that inner circle. But you're I, expected to be part of that inner like. And I it's, liken it to that feeling of when you are in a group of people who would all call you friends, but it is the most loneliest that you will ever feel. Yeah. Um, being known, but not really being known. Um, right. It is the worst feeling. And the only times I have ever felt it so severe was when I was in church. And that's been something I've been processing over the last couple Seven of years. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, you know, had this absolute need for community, but the community we were in, uh, we didn't get to make the rules. And I, that sounds really power crazy. Uh, maybe we were uh, slightly, but we wanted community on our terms and how that those terms were, were, you know, that, that was the model them, you know, the non-Christians, the people who didn't go to church, that realness of, right. um, you know, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be angry and I'll get over it. It's nobody's fault, you know, job to fix me. It's nobody's fault. I'm just going to show that I'm angry today. And, you know, for us, that was a huge culture shock because, <laughs> If you showed up around other people, you were supposed to act like a superhuman, um, always happy, always pleasant. Right. Or well, if I mean, you were sad, you always kind of had to add a caveat to all your 
um, sad statements of, you know, I'm sad, but, you know, there's joy in the morning. You know, all those little yeah. phrases that uh, you pick up along well, the yeah, way. Well, yeah, because on Sunday, you're pretty much, look, from 8 o'clock till 12, I don't give a fuck what happens. Smile, goddammit. You know, yeah, uh, or leave your problems at the like, door. Yeah, and so that that's what was taught for the longest time. So when we found that community, and you know, we saw these people are as jacked up as we are, and it's just okay. There's no issue for it. We we clung to it. Oh yeah, like, like it was the most refreshing thing we had seen in most of our yeah. lives. Um, it was like you know, not drinking all day, not drinking water all day, and then. You know, you have that first glass of water and your body's like, this is the best fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never tasted water so good. It's that feeling of yeah. like, oh, this is what it's like to be human. This is yeah. what community was, feels like. And it was all based around playing, you know, Pathfinder, uh, a tabletop role playing game, which we had its own, demons. which had its own backlash in and of itself. Um, <laughs> we were, like I said, we were in church at the time. We were going and and being part of groups and You're whatever. a little ashamed of it. Um, we were a Just little slightly. ashamed of it, and then we started like getting less and less ashamed. So we, God, it's like a coming fucking out story for playing D and D in church. Um, <laughs> and so we we mention it, and at this time we're both um, sponsors for Celebrate Recovery. Oh, yeah. We're both leading groups. We're both like doing all this stuff, and we're almost we're, gotten that out of my memory. We're up there, and so we're like actually doing things. And then someone asks, as I mentioned it in like group, like D and D. It's like I need to talk to you a minute. I'm like okay, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, um, I you know, um, and next thing I know, he's lecturing me on how he has seen pretty much. D and D kill people and all these things go wrong and da 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 da. da. I'm like, well, good for you, good for you. Um, have fun with cool. that. Cool, you have fun with that. And I just kind of brushed it Didn't off. Didn't he say you like cursed the church by your presence being yeah, there because of D and D or something like that? Yeah, I, uh, I, well, no, I'm, I am bringing, sh- I am allowing, I am, I am a gateway for evil spirits into the church. <laughs> like that's how that works. You're at just all. walking around and the. Spiritual realm which, has opened through Which is you. a whole other thing because most evangelical Christians honestly adhere to the screw tape letters is kind of like the demonography of kind of how demons work. Like a lot of Christians kind of aspire. That's kind of like our best guess on how they work and understanding kind of that culture. Because see, he did a really good job with like breaking that down. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a work of fiction, it's still very, a, a lot of them attribute very, to it's it. It's very thought provoking. Um, and so like even going off of what they think, how demons work, it always changes to fit their narrative. And, and I knew that's what they were doing. They were trying to shame me out of something they didn't understand. I, you know, that just made me remember that one time we were in like a Sunday school esque kind of Sunday night. Oh God, it was a Wednesday night. Oh, it was so great. They were like, they were trying to prove this point of like, you know, most Christians aren't friends with non Christians. Well, so they were actually wanting to see like they were encouraging people to to get to know non Christians, except they didn't expect anyone to actually raise their hands multiple times so we were in a room about 30 to 40 people uh mostly people older than us <laughs> about 50 years well i mean there's some 30 year olds but we were 23 24 yeah and um we were just in this 
this big old room because it was kind of like this meeting thing that all the little small groups would come together and the question was asked of like how many of you know a non-believer me and Clay's hands shot up and maybe there was like there was a handful of like other 10 people. or 15 more because who like, doesn't okay. know a non-believer right. family member with whatever them. and they're like and then you know you can see you, you know how you know where a pastor is going with something like they have a point to make and you see the little grin going okay i'm gonna get them with this yeah one. let's see how far i can push them and they're like how many of you have ever had an unbeliever in your home and like the hands went down and me and clay are like okay. well and there was like a couple other I was like, yeah, an older but couple, it, but it and went like to like three or four instead okay. of fifteen to twenty. He's like, how many of you regularly meet with an unbeliever in your home? And me and Clay's hands were just, and then, but and then they're like, do you remember did... the second question after that though? Like, like this one was gonna throw it off. Who here eats dinner with them? Like after the one of, do you have them regularly in the home? <laughs> they were trying to get our like, hands to go down. Like, and he asked another one, and I'm like, you motherfucker. And I'm like, hey, no. And you know, the normal. whole the whole room turns and looks at these two punks, 23, 24 year old punks. Like, what are you doing that they're in your home? And we're like, D and D. Like, how? <laughs> like, just the look. I, I had forgotten about that memory up until now. Like, how weird is it that Christians go, how do you have non-believers in your home and still go to church? Like, it was like the pink elephant (laughs) baloney going on here. Right. And, you know, once we said D&D, that's that's when you got that talk. But, like, I forget where I was going with that. What was the point? Well, (laughs) it was sort of bringing shame. And so what we found out was... Like, okay, is this really for us? Like, yeah, these people are messed up. They have a whole nother set of problems. Um, you know, and I mean, so did we. Well, I mean, hell yes. We're, we are included in them, they. You know, we are <laughs> part of that. And so it's really, we started seeing like, okay, why are they? I think that was the first time again, that awakening moment of we saw, hey, you're wanting to preach to the lost, but you never, ever, ever want to get close to them. You want to keep them at arm's length and yell the gospel to them and yell love to them, but never show it. Um, no one, you know, missionaries, you know, they play a long game, but but it's it's done differently. You know, it's strategic and da-da-da. Yeah. And it's like, what happened to just doing life with people? And you Or like, you would hear this term a lot in church, missional living. Oh, Everyone goodness. talked about it, but no one ever, ever did it. You know, yeah. they all they were all were like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do missional living, but we're gonna do it with our our far boundaries, so no one can can get close to the gates." Yeah, and like I just imagine, kind of like someone t- with a with a tiny little pick and a hammer, chinking away at a window pane, and I think that was kind of the first time it struck. We went home that night, going, "These people are trying to tell us how to." minister to the lost they're not even looking for them like that right. question that you know the 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 pastors and the leaders of that church were in there and their hands went down none of them were meeting regularly with anybody who was not a part of the church and we're sitting there going like how are we supposed to take advice from you when you're not even living it right well it's it's one of those things that they constantly preached you know hey um, you're not even looking for the lost. Right. You're just expecting everyone else to do that. Right. And they were. They were 100% like expecting, hey, bring them in. Bring them in. You know, and you're like, um, no, no, you can, you can go find them. 
um like of course you would hear the stories of like oh you know we go to the store we go to the mall and we do all that yeah we go to the store and we just got to have this nice little prayer with and i imagine them walking up to some random stranger who's having a terrible day saying let's pray right forcing this awkward conversation um praying for someone and them allowing it just so they would get out of their hair and walking away thinking that they made a difference when all it was is this weird pastor just walked up prayed over me while i was crying and then left and now i'm still hungry or i'm still having this problem and now they feel better like they've saved my life or something right well and i think and it was i I think my personal waking moment after that was i was told by well by an old pastor um pretty much the the same person who was doing who we were under in um surviving the church part one um and to that 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 pastor yeah um the one thing that did stick and that i fought so hard to to change was it was said you know like hey you never will get to see growth change or anything out of anyone because you don't live with them day to day it's so hard to gauge growth in anything else so we have to do it this way and and so yeah and so that stuck with me and i'm like there's no fucking way that that we can't witness growth and change it's just impossible that means you have to actually care about them well no god forbid it means you have to get closer than than arm's length you you have to you have to go for the full hug no not even that you you just have to be willing to stand beside them even it's that simple it's not even getting that close it's just being willing to stand beside them that's all it is Hmm. um like like everything else is is cherry on top and, and and has its own like rewards and whatever to it but just being in the room not at arm's length you know, having a conversation, you know, they were willing to have a conversation on their terms in a neutral environment, um, yeah. in the way they chose to, um, and then kind of kept the, the city walls and gates closed. But there is something and, extremely intimate about eating dinner around right. a table and role playing well, well, <laughs> with each other that, well, and it's, which we did. So we, we, when we started Guild Hall, now that we kind of been back the backstory a little bit, when we started it, even though for the wrong reasons, we still had this thing of like, well, we're going to have people here. Let's feed them. You know, mm-hmm. um, one, it's the Southern thing to do. It's the Baptist. Um, it's just the hospitality thing to do. You know, we're like, we're, we're real big on that until this day. So seven years later, you know, we every single week, every single week we make dinner for people. We and we've been doing it for seven years, almost every week straight. Um, sometimes they make been dinner some and bring it here. Yeah, uh, we we went through a time times. where I was um, severely depressed. Yeah, and severely overworked. Thank the church for that. Um, new mom, uh, all sorts of um, things right. on my plate that we instituted like a cycle of you bring dinner this week, right. and then you know we we all took turns. But even even then, we have all eaten together. And Every talked week. about what we wanted the, to eat yeah. and what we needed that week. There was one week, Unless we a few can... weeks ago, where none of us communicated to each other. And that night, everybody brought dessert because we had, <laughs> 2020 had hit us all hard. And we were like, you know what? <laughs> we what all doing. need so much. There was and so much sugar on the table that night. Yeah. And so... Um, it was great. I, I, I still smile thinking about when that. We, when we started this, uh, we started the group with two, three, three other people, me and Julia. Um, it grew to one more, so there was four, 
five, six. So there was three other people that joined. Um, the three went away, um, and we moved to Stephenville, where uh, three of them live. And one of them being my good buddy Travis, um, who I used to do the podcast Tap to Win with, and who me and Julia are doing uh, a podcast called um, Whiskey and Pancakes now, um, which is kind of a a laugh along kind of like news game show kind of style thing. Can I do a um, plug for it real with, quick? With uh, another good friend of ours, Malin, um, who is also part of the Guild Hall. And so <laughs> in our group. Just real quick on that. Um, we, you know, most of our game night starts with D&D and ends with us playing a lighthearted game, uh, board games or card games. Um, but most of the time it just ends with us talking for, you know, into midnight to one in the morning. Right. Yeah. Um, and at one, one point we just like, these are really good conversations. Why don't we just record them? Cause it's just the way we got into conversation, they were, they're just wild. And I think that's what that podcast is about. It's a little more structured, but, um, it's basically the wild conversations that we have around our, our literal table yeah. here in our house. Um, and it's just kind of a laid back, fun conversation. <laughs> um, there's my plug for whiskey and pancakes. <laughs> Go check it out. Um, whiskey and pancakes at redcircle.com. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, very nice. Continue your thought. I, I but so the group started and it, it grew. So, well, it shrunk and grew and that seems to be the thing, uh, with our group. Um, so after leaving the church, um, again, surviving the church part one and two, um, we did that whole debacle, left the church or that church, um, came to a newer one just because it was bigger and we could just kind of hide in the shadows if we wanted to. Um, we didn't. And that's a whole nother story we're going to have to tell someday, but, um, it is, we haven't told that story <laughs> yet. And, uh, but you know, we still had guild hall. And it wasn't Guildhall back then. It was just the group. It was just what we did. It, it was, was game night. It was game That's night. That's what we called. Um, and so we had game night. And so we moved to Stephenville. You know, we have three people in our house and six um, in a small, small ass two bedroom apartment on the other oh, side of town. It was so small, and guys. <laughs> like six people made it feel like it was a packed house at a concert venue. It was wall to wall, um, quite yeah. literally. We all were huddling, huddled around uh, either the dining room table, which was kind of like a circular thing, yeah. or a tiny little uh, a coffee table in our living room. Right. All on the floor, sitting on pillows. <laughs> it was right. a couple of us. If you were lucky and you got there early enough, you got to sit on the couch. Well, yeah. I mean, heck, it was <laughs> six people who weren't exactly the smallest people in the world, and there was a couch and the we floor. We have lots to love. There was a floor. So it was <laughs> it was wall to wall. And we did this every week on a small little coffee table. Um, and, you know, it, it got bigger and bigger and bigger type of thing. I mean, we kept trying to have other people have it at their house because other people's houses were so much bigger than ours. I mean, this was like a, but what, they, they six wouldn't. to seven hundred square foot maybe? Oh, God. Yeah. And that was two bedrooms. So this living room was tiny. Yeah. And so... Like we tried, but they wouldn't. Um, they just liked it for I don't, I don't, whatever reason. I don't know. I still, um, I still do not know why it has to be at our house. <laughs> There's some weeks I'm like, hey, maybe yeah. somebody else can host it tonight. But, uh, right now we have the biggest one. Yeah, and, and I say that like we have a mansion. We just actually have s space for six people to walk around and not be rubbing shoulders. Right, and so. 
at this time there was uh there was travis dan um joseph and me and julia um dan had his girlfriend in and out uh his girlfriend at the time and um that was that was about it so like that was the group for a couple of years really that was it and you know um another old friend grant was in and out kind of thing not not didn't come to a lot of game nights it was very a lot of people just kind of show up one night out of every three months yeah I mean, um, if you didn't know any better, it was like a church that you'd have the yeah. people who show up every once once a month, once every three months. Then you have the right. people who are there every single time the doors are open. Yeah, and this was these are Monday nights, so our Monday night looks like this a lot, um, most of the time. It's been on a Thursday here and there, but Monday night is game night. How long always. would you say that Monday night has been sacred for us? Six years. Um, because it used to be we'll just reschedule, and now. Our week is planned around when we're having game night. Like we don't, some, we don't do anything on Monday night. If someone's like, "You want to hang out yeah. Monday?" Like, no, that's it. Game better night. be everybody who knows us well knows Monday nights are not changeable. Yeah, they, that they, you don't touch those. Yeah, it, it's it's there. And, it's sacred. It's holy. And like most of the group's week is thrown off if Monday doesn't Monday night doesn't happen. That like, made my heart so happy. We <laughs> we had one of our friends like, if we don't have Monday nights, I'm going to be very sad. And yeah, I'm just like. <gasps> <laughs> I matter to someone. And so um, at this time, you know, this is pre-COVID, so we did what the fuck we want. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we would hang out to 3 a.m. in the morning every Monday night um, yeah. talking about whatever, you know. Um, the hell, some of us would wake back up at 5 and be like, okay, we're done now. We're going to, you know, you go home. There's been times where we you just, know. like, we God, we love you, but please go home. We're <laughs> and tired, <laughs> and we're new parents, and yeah. our kids are going to be up in three hours. We really enjoy this conversation, but let's pick it up next week, please. Right. And of course, I mean, we see a lot of them multiple times a week. You know, yeah, we, we, we see them a lot. They're 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 family now, especially. But back the doors then, are that just kind of open all the time. That was the group. Um, so, you know, we went a couple years and just evolved and did things. Had our, our verbal fights back and forth we disagree and whatever and it was everyone learning so it was a big learning experience for the first two three years of everyone learning really growing growing up really yeah in certain it was ways. it was all very peculiar because we all kind of had our own little circles and of, of knowledge of going i know this about this stereotypical person right like they had their own stereotypes about christians and they kept kind of looking at us like we all don't match them and we're sitting over here and like no atheists are supposed to be angry and yeah. always trying to kill god and trying to make you sacrifice to satan um and, you know and we had these preconceived notions in our head like going you're not fitting in my box <laughs> and we're all sitting around the table just kind of looking at each other you're not fitting in my box what is maybe my boxes are the problem not not the people <laughs> and um how long did that last i think it's so, still going like well, we still keep going like oh. no i would say a lot of this died out now for the current the remainder of what we have so um incomes uh you know we moved out of that apartment into a nicer apartment close to the college campus here um a lot bigger we could host a lot more people um and well <laughs> what, what did we get to like 20 people at we got, one point we got to 20 people kids? every monday 
night. Um, it, it was, was hectic, guys. It, it, oh my! It word. was enough that stressful. We were bo- almost bothering the frat house across the street, um, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it was so great. Um, but basically, you know, so we we move in to that apartment and we start having people and the group the group grows. Um, so we have more friends over more people that we don't really know people coming from the church, a buddy Jay and his wife showed up. Um, and we started gaming and everything. Um, and a, a couple stragglers here and there, I don't even remember their names. It was just randos here and oh, there, yeah. you know, there was, there's, I know a, who you're talking yeah. about, but I can't remember um, their names. You know, there's either. a handful of people that would come and go and just kind of not show back up and that's fine. You know, that's how we kind of structured it. That's kind of how it was. You can come test us out if we're if you don't like it, you'll know the first night. Um, and this is this is before we had what we know as the tenants of Guildhall. Um, <laughs> this is a, a kind of an era where we we knew we were a group, but no one wanted to be like. So it's like dating. No one wanted to like have that conversation. Hey, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now, right? What, do, what like, is our status? Yeah, we no need one, to have the talk of where the relationship. As a group, we didn't at. have that thing like, hey, this is a group. Like we're re- this is real. This isn't just we're just still kind of maybe doing this, and so um, that brings us to pretty much incident number one. Um, so the time, friend Dan, I was working with him at. Um, and under his mom at a property, I do maintenance. So that, that was my job. And, um, we started like seeing some things in him that were very toxic. Um, you know, he would pit people, put people against each other. Um, especially if you were spouses, he would try to manipulate you into believing something about the other, pushing one way or another. Um, and just kind of, you know, manipulate and do some things and yeah, a lot of behind the scenes work a lot of behind the scenes or when he'd give you a gift it was there were there was a price for that gift it was never just a gift it was something was going to be asked of you later mm-hmm. and that was going to be used against you and so like we started noticing this again after a handful of years of, of hanging out with this person and he's hard to get along with just because of his personality but everyone pushed that off as like you know what whatever um, and that's kind of how everyone felt in the group. It's like, okay, we don't have a reason to not like you, but if you give us one, it's probably going to stick. And well, and I think kind of an unspoken rule was, hey, we are all kind of black sheep characters. We're right. all kind of shunned by the social circles. Right. Um, so we're not going to shun another black sheep just because they are a black sheep. Right. And so that was our, that was our thing. And so basically, um, Dan lied to his mom, who was my boss at the time, um, about some things at work. Um, I think said we had bed bugs or something and we didn't. And it was like, okay, well, he told her I lied to her and a whole bunch of, so I was like suspended from work for like two weeks. Well, I was the only one working, you know, a whole bunch of stuff went late and all this other stuff. And so we, we kind of have this unspoken rule. Um, you don't mess with two things. Um, or it might just be a text thing. You don't mess with money or the money, our money, and you don't mess with our family. Guess what? Messing with our money messes with our family, you know, and, and you don't do that deliberately. Two for one special. You know, you, you don't do that. And that was kind of the spoken, you know, we, we kind of knew that about everyone knew that about each other. And so I asked him why. And he goes, well, cause you're not gave all these reasons. You're not listening to me, not doing all these things, you know, 
you did this. It was basically a revenge thing. It yeah. was because he was angry and mad. And I'm like, you know what, dude, piss off. I, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Um, I said, it's not worth my time to have to say sorry for things that, that should make no one angry. Like you didn't tell me then. Um, and you wanted revenge. We're even, but right. for right. now, I, I got to put distance because I can't. I can't be around someone who's willing to do that to a friend. Right. You know, just just willing to do that um, instead of talking to me. You know, and bringing it up. Um, and so, you know, he kind of got excommunicated. Some. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna skip forward, and then a couple months later, I'm like, you know what? He um, eventually got. He said sorry. Yeah, he eventually was back in the group and stuck around for another yeah. year or so. About a year. And then his his number two event happened. Um, and this is the one that just broke the Kimmel's back. Um, so at this... There's a, there's a bunch of other fishy stuff that was going on, was, too. Was Malin in this, in the group at the time? Um, geez. Um, no. I don't think so. No, not yet. So... Um, this is this is this was Dan's last straw, um, and these stories are pertinent because they all affect on the the main topic, I guess you'd say. They influenced us to shape Guildhall how how it looks like today. Yeah. Um. So, and this is this is our first experience, honestly, with a toxic person after leaving the church. Um. Someone who's using the tactics there and everything, and so this was kind of our first thing of like standing up for ourselves. And making boundaries and making guidelines and all this stuff. Which, again, if um, you grow up in church, you are, um, what's the word? Boundaries are told. You are told what your boundaries are. You're not. You're not allowed to make your own. Uh, yeah, boundaries are discouraged greatly. Personal boundaries. Any any personal boundaries yeah. are um, arrogant, and sinful, and selfish. Yeah. Um. So it was. It was. A, it was a big growth for us to implement any. Um, and I, I still remember being very scared that everyone was going to leave. Yeah. Once we said, "Hey, we are standing firm on this line, and that's well, it." Well, what happened? To, what was the final straw with Dan? And until this day, he hasn't been back. Um, and I've been cordial with him, you know, in the local game shop and everything, and, and times I've seen him. But um, what was it? Is it actually involved someone else. Um, so we're sitting playing a game at the table. It's late. Um. You know, Dan was supposed to be there and he wasn't. And he, I, I figured out oh, he's running late or whatever. Who cares? Well, there's this knock at the door and this young girl walks in and goes, Is Clay there? And Julia and. No, no, no. She didn't even, um, she didn't even knock and hang out at the door. She walked straight yeah, in. Yeah, walked straight in and just opened the door and walked into the house. And yeah. we're all. You know, I was playing with some kid with our, with our kids in the living room, and other people were talking yeah. on the couch. And this random girl just walks in, asks for Clay. And, and honestly, our first thought was, okay, a drunk girl from across the street from the frat house has wandered in. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, uh, you know, we're all ready for this. Um, it was just kind of like, okay. But ha-ha. then she asked for me specifically, and I'm like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. Like either there's an emergency, someone died, and you were the first person they saw. Um, I'm like, okay. And she walks up and goes, I was told I can get some weed from you. Well, there's four big guys at the table at the time. Um, it's me or three, me, Travis, Joseph, and Jay are sitting at this table and they're all big. Two of them armed. (laughs) Two of them were, were packing and, uh, 
I stand up real slow and everyone in our group knows when I get quiet and very slow spoken. I, I speak very slowly. I'm, I'm not very happy. Um, and so I started speaking real soft, like, ma'am, I'm going to ask you to leave. Right. I mean, the, the house was so quiet bad and awkward. <laughs> and like, come to find out, like, and she, she, she starts crying a little bit. She starts. No, she she tried to stick with the bit. She for tried like five more minutes. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're Clay, and I was told to come here to get to get um, drugs from you. Yeah, you're you're a dealer, right? And I you're, kept. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I kept pushing. I would leave if I were you, and uh, kept going. And then Dan walks in as she kind of starts headed to the door, and I'm like, okay. And he goes, oh yeah, you've met my niece. And before I can say anything, if I'm correct, Travis goes, your ass outside now. <laughs> because like he, my, my buddy Travis, he already knew this was not, um, this was not okay. Right. Um, and, and like everyone at the time. So we all go outside and I proceed to explain what, like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? What the fuck is wrong with you? I said, you realize two of these guys are loaded. Like... And, and not exactly trigger happy, but like. You the, just put someone's life at risk. You you put someone's life at risk. Someone came in my home that I have no idea who she is. I've never met her before. Mm-hmm. You know, all the time I've known you, I knew you had a niece, but like I've never met her. So I had no, there's no cognitive anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you put my job on the line because I'm now threatening your niece. Technically, my boss's granddaughter you know, mm-hmm. so like there's a whole slew of shit that's now being affected. So, you know, what the fuck's wrong? with you? Oh, I thought it'd be funny. It's really, really funny. I'm like, here's what the fuck funny is. Get out. Don't come back. I'm like, you endangered someone else. You endangered us. Um, and you and willingly endangered everyone else. And like in in some way or another by doing this. And like what if our kids were in the room? Yeah. Like going, why is someone asking daddy for drugs? Right. (laughs) And and it's like in in our big thing is so many there's so many who's and 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 the poor girl was mortified because she had been told that this would be really funny and we'd take it really great. And like so her And she just got threatened like more than once. Like and so I felt so bad for her because she was like her aunt. what uncle her uncle yeah is going hey we're gonna do this prank it's gonna be really hilarious and she walks into like a death like it was it was just so terrible for her and right. so her first impression of us is that we're all dicks and right. we're all angry you know we can't take a joke like but you know she was too young to know better right and so she's like what 16 she was 16 yeah oh man i'm i'm a little fired up about it um and so that was that was it you know you endangered someone else so we were done um and yeah we could have handled it better you know maybe talk through it more but it it's kind of how it happened um and it's kind of how it stayed well out of that out of that the tenants came um through that experience right there um and these are the tenants julia was scared to implement and go and i'm like no we have to do something we have to we have to formulate something 
or y'all gotta understand how deep in christianity <laughs> i was raised in i wouldn't even say raised i was just marinated it's part of my dna and so you know we started with these tenants um, seeped into my pores you know we were hurt a little bit you know it was easier to let this person go because they were toxic um so that was easy but we're still like hey if we're really gonna do this and we're really this is kind of a thing now we have 20 people 30 people at one point and then you know then it because it Guild Hall grows and shrinks. Well, this time it was massive. Like we were thinking about going to two separate nights type of thing or alternating yeah, two. Like we, it was, we could not handle it. Like it was a thing. And so like, we got to have something. Right. And so we came up with the, the three tenants of, or the two tenants of Guild Hall, which the first ones do no harm and no means no period. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, and we explain those and what those mean, and that's you know, that's where no, they we came also out had of. Don't cuss around our kids, <laughs> right? Um, and and everyone does do their best, you know. Um, We're a little more lenient on that now. Kids are older, right? And so, you know, the big thing is though, you know, those have stuck with us. Like, um, when someone in our group asks someone else, do they want to come to game night? They automatically go, okay, are you okay with political discussion, religious talk, in the same breath, and are you going to lose your shit if those come up? If the answer is yes, I will lose my shit to those, the conversation dies usually. Um, because we we talk about that stuff here, like yeah, in our group. It it's just, a and very, it's natural. Uh, open discussion group. And if you don't like it, you can get it from the table and leave and yeah, let them discuss or just get, say, I don't want to talk about it. But if you right get now. angry and blow up, we usually just kick you out the house. To calm down, not to totally. calm down, just like not go outside, go take a um, breath. You're a little you're, bit too invested in this. Yeah, and and so like, but we tell them, hey, you might not want to show up on this type of night. You know, there's there's other nights. We'll we'll figure that out. Um, we've I don't think we've ever had to actually implement that though. That's just kind of like a no, no, no. We've had on other things, but basically, so you know, they'll ask them that, and then they'll ask them, okay, are you okay with these these three things? You know, do no harm. They explain what do no harm is. Are you okay with you know, no means no, period. Right. Not a debate. No means Someone no. Someone says, I, I will not talk um, about that. You stop talking about it. You Well, you stop talking to them about it. Yeah. If you and another person have already a conversation, you, you right. can have the conversation. But if you're going to involve them, you have to not involve them anymore. And you if somebody says, I'm not comfortable with this, you go, yep. Yeah. <laughs> there have is some... not an argument. It was, yep. Yeah. Just just have some respect. And again, I don't think we've had to even enforce that. We have once or twice. I, that's what I'm saying. Over the last seven years, I can only think of maybe one or two yeah. times that we've had to go, look, they said no. You got you to gotta stop. Right. Like most people, when that rule is laid down to start with, um, abide by it. And it's not a problem. There's not, we don't have to moderate our house. Right. Um, now, if if somebody gets a little temper, temperamental, um, <laughs> if if their anger starts getting the best of them, usually they're good about you know I'm I'm gonna go step outside. Right. And so we would do we would do a lot of that, and we would tell them you know I'm not one to shy away from telling someone hey get up and take a walk, and just being very yeah. stern and being very like hey not gonna do this here. This is not something how we act. You know, um, I get slipping up and, and having a bad day. And they do the same to us. And they do the same because we we, we establish that. So th- when we made the tenants of Guildhall, or just the tenants we would call them, they applied to everyone. 
period. Yeah, we didn't make it, separate rules for us. There, there was no separate rules. Those are universal rules. They affect everyone. And do we all fail at them? Yes, but we know that. But we know, okay, they're just they're just having a hard time today. They're struggle busting, so it's okay. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm going to give at them some grace. At some point, at least once, I would say almost once a month, one of us is just in a crappy mood and is an asshole, but not to each other. Yeah. We're just going to, you know, sit in the corner with our rain cloud and, and the, and <laughs> this is like a culty thing to say, but the table is okay with it. The table goes, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're, you're having a shitty day. Okay. We're going to keep existing. <laughs> uh, we'll be here for you if you need it. But sometimes that's all it needs is I just need to be around normal and just be a little gripey pants. I, I feel like the philosophy of the table is such a different topic altogether. We could go over. <laughs> um, there's so much there. We just we need um, to start another series. <laughs> Stories of Guild Hall. Then we had the philosophy of the table. Um, but no, so that was our first experience with not betrayal, but just dealing with someone toxic on our terms or being allowed to deal with that person on our terms. Because in church, you're not oh, allowed to deal with yeah, on your terms. Yeah, because at that time, we were the leaders of our group, not not even we weren't even trying to be man but you know you don't know how many times they have asked that, like we had no want to lead people after we left church no one yeah we're like uh, um, leadership sucks we're done with leadership like i gave up on on all of that i had no want for it anymore and uh, people are asking us questions that are in the group and i'm like um, uh, and our first response, like one of them wanted, two of them have wanted marriage counseling and me and Julia both would look at them and then go, you really need to know that we are beyond fucked up. Right. Like I, I need you to understand <laughs> like you, if you want to know, you've heard the stories we've told around the table. You've heard the toxic things that we have admitted to that we are working on. And you want advice from me. And you want advice from me? you're just i can tell you how not to fail i can tell you how i failed (laughs) like maybe you'll learn from that but like you know i am not the best choice um (laughs) like i'm not you know i'm i'm a solid penny and i'll take that but no i think that kind of backfires though because um i I mean it it did that's what i'm saying the one thing i've kind of been learning and observing is that if you want to keep any semblance of real realism in a group, just constantly tell people how shitty you are. Not in a self-deprecating way, but if you are constantly going, look, I'm failing here, I'm failing here, I'm failing here, I'm failing here, I'm trying, but here's where I failed last week. Right. Here's where I failed today. Here's where I'm going to fail tomorrow because right. I know myself. Right. Um, People will go, that's that's... I can I can trust that person and not to don't do that be manipulatively yeah but the more we kept trying to show them how screwed up we are the more they trusted us and I still do not understand that <laughs> it, I, they I, became <laughs> even more loyal to a point where I'm like look we're gonna have to shoot them <laughs> like like we're gonna have to put them down I, um I just I it, and and again, this sounds so. I I know how this sounds. Um, it sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back. I I, so, I am truly in wonder, like how, how I I. But I just want to say, like, 
the most loyal people I have ever freaking met um, has been outside the church. Has been this little community that we build. Now there's some people who, who have backstabbed us and we'll get to that. And there will always be people that backstab you. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't love and that means you shouldn't um, be vulnerable or care about people. But I have never met people that are more loyal and more willing to put their life on the line or their life on hold for you than um, people that you eat dinner with around the table every week and people who aren't in church. Well, yeah. So going back to, you know, that first part um, of looking for community, like we were in church, you know, so we, we got into church early and we talked about that in another episode and, you know, we're, we're doing all this stuff and we feel in community, but then we, we were noticing some things and like, why are we angry and upset all the time? You know, me and Julie are fighting all the time and like looking back, half that shit wasn't us fighting with each other. It was frustration from everything else and knowing something's wrong and just fighting because we, we didn't know what it was. So we would attach it to small things or certain things that the other of the other no and you know usually attached to the person you're closest to like something they're doing something that's making me yeah and and of course we had our shortcomings and our issues but they were 10 times worse than they should have been you know our our reactions to those 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 screw-ups mess-ups or whatever were so much more worse because of all of knowing something's wrong and so we started realizing you know that we're not in community as much as we thought we were and that we're we're on the inside, but we really are in on the outside of that even. And we're in this in-between where we can't hang out with the common folk of the church because they view us like leaders and, you know, these big up ones. So they're going to guard themselves from us. But then when we go to hang out with the people we're told we're supposed to hang out with, the, the leaders and everything, we're on the lowest ranking pole and they're guarding themselves from us. Yeah. So, so we're on this in-between of having no one else. And everyone else in that position we were in, that in-between position, felt the same way. And, you know, we were all kind of like, then you add in that thing of vying for position. So you're looking at that other group or that other people vying for the same spot as you. You know, like, I, I don't want to hang out with them. I don't want to give them an up, you know. As shitty as that sounds, that mm, that's kind of what the thought process was. Church is built like a business. And so you, the moment we, like, I mean... <sighs> Joseph, when we would talk about religion, would put on headphones and not fucking listen. Just put on fucking headphones and he just was, drone he, out. He was the atheist? Agnostic. Agnostic. Um, Carson, um, who was the DM at the time. I know. I miss Carson so um, much. Was, uh, was our DM. He was an atheist. Uh, agnostic atheist. Somewhere in that like spectrum. Um, and the fact is, he, he was great. Um, he was the first so like easy person that he was like, look, I think you're bullshit, but man, I like you. And that's kind of where we adopted that first thing that kind of started learning about the concept of, look, I can find what you think stupid and find you intelligent. Yeah. Because, you know, like no longer judging people by their ideals, um, judging people by them, by their character. Now, if their character matches up with some dumb ideals, then we're going to have some questions, but you can believe what you want. It doesn't necessarily make you who you are. Mm-hmm. And so we started wrestling with that concept, you know? Um, 
And then this stacked a whole bunch of other things. The church started falling apart. So once we got into this group and once we kind of, once we moved cities and once we moved 45 miles, 40 miles south of the city we were in, uh, Granbury, Texas, we, we moved to Stephenville and things started changing, you know? Um, and of course we have a whole nother bag of tricks with the, the church we're in, but it was better. Yeah, um, it was. You know, uh, it was on our terms and, and everything else. And, and there was a lot of good. There wasn't, I mean, there was. But the biggest thing is what remained constant is, well, our group. You know, every Monday night, that was that was our community. That was our group. Um, so much so that other people in the gaming community here knew of the table. And there's been numerous times where people were like, hey, you got an opening, um, yeah. and because the first night we we heard that we had gained some kind of rapport around town, like what, uh, like people talk about us that we don't know. <laughs> Sounds really arrogant, but again, this is coming from we didn't want any of this. We wanted friends, and, and do realize <laughs> we, we just are wanted a small friends. Town. We are a small town, and we're gamers in a small town. With not a lot of gaming outlets, so yeah, word travels yeah. in the community quick. Uh, and you know, all this started because we wanted friends. I mean, we we kind of said we were looking for projects, and we we were, but we were both very lonely, and we wanted people who, um, we shared life with. Yeah. And, and it grew. Yeah, it it definitely evolved into that where it was. It was no longer, we no longer started seeing them as projects. I think after a certain point, we just like, you know what? That's messed up. Right. Um, We're just going to exist now with these people. Right. We're just going to love them. And, and if, if God wants to do something with them, fine. But that's not my job. Yeah. My job is to love and care for them and feed them and have a spot on the couch for them if they need to crash. Yeah. Which um, has happened. <laughs> so many times uh so many times someone's just like i need i just need to come over and sleep on your couch and like, oh like oh, you have a bed and no oh, one's home at your house okay. but i just need to come sleep at your couch okay i need i need uh, I, I just need to sleep at your couch. <laughs> basically basically all this like if you're listening to this um if you change the words around um and you change some of this um and this is going to be the cocky vein Haha, ha, told you so, bitches moment. Um, oh, no. We were in the church wanting to plant churches, wanting to do these great, great things and be movers and shakers. We stepped out of church and created a more vibrant community where people want to be around the ideal of what we do. They don't want to be around us. They want to be around the environment we've created and have fought to create. We fought hard. Um, it's and not, and and again, I want to put a caveat in this because it sounds like we started, and then from day one, it's like daisies and roses, and it took four years. It took a four ton years. of time, a ton of investment, a ton of money. <laughs> um, and 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 that's not even like a bad thing. Like, oh, they cost us so much money. We willingly threw money at Monday nights. Yeah, whether it was for food. You know, it's at at one point I got very bitter um, for a very long time. Again, of, that was still two other things, though, adding in. 
Uh, that was also me being overworked. <laughs> that was also me being very depressed. Yeah. Very depressed and unmedicated. Um, that was also me being a brand new mom or, or a new mom um, to an infant who had dairy problems that kept me up all night. It was also me being an insomniac. I mean, there's a million factors, but for a uh, for the better half of a year at least, yeah. I yeah. I hated Monday nights. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I loved them. But hated them. <laughs> but hated them at the same. Yeah. Like I was like, and you know, this is me being an introvert. So I was already, you know, Sundays were extremely overwhelming because it was church all day and all night. Um, and then we had church. You know, I had my responsibilities throughout the week to either you know go to church and decorate a stage or prepare curriculum, and then I homeschooled my kids. So like I, I was very overwhelmed, and um, I I was very bad at communicating. So you know, if I needed someone to bring dinner, I wouldn't tell them. I just angrily make dinner, and um, or a passive aggressive posting note. Or passive aggressively go. Uh, somebody else is making dinner tonight. There was no, there was no nice way of me talking. It was just like we're not eating dinner right. tonight. Y'all eat before you come. <laughs> there's a, there's a few of those. I've gotten much better now. I'm just like guys. I would love to eat with y'all tonight, but I have no energy. Yeah. Somebody can bring something, or we can order pizza. But I, I have nothing left today. Right. And they're usually going. Yeah, I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll bring some. So yeah. yeah but um. But yeah, there was took... a ton of frustration along oh God, the way. Yes. There, th- this was not built easily. There's a lot of literal blood, sweat, and tears that went into this. And um, it's very... I don't know if we have time for it today, but um, there's a lot of things that happened that we had to make huge choices for. Um, choices that did not only involve our lives, but the lives of other people. And we were looked at to make those choices. And that is a very scary place to be in. Well, so on that a little bit. So once we're in this again, this is like three years in. So we, we've done the legwork of just built community, you know, um, discussions, all this stuff. You know, we, we meet, we allow people to be them. Yeah. We have some restrictions of like, hey, if you're making someone uncomfortable, stop. But most of the people we brought in or that, that, you know, wanted to be a part and stuck around got that. Yeah. You know, I think Jay was our craziest one. <laughs> um, and, and I say crazy meaning that on the literal term, Jay, I love you if you're listening, but you, you know what I mean. Uh, he's, um, he, he would say it himself. Yeah. And, and he is, uh, um, he is the definition of that word and that's, and that's fine. Uh, um, we loved him for it. But, you know, and that's not a dig against him in any way. Um, nah, but, but good, he was, he's a, he, they're, they're good people. He was a, he was a, um, a character to be around for sure. And it was always fun, you know, and there's a couple times where you're like, Hey dude, um, I don't know if you can tell or not, but we need you to get off the table <laughs> type of thing, you know, and that's fine. As um, he's literally standing on the table <laughs> <laughs> and, and that stuff's fine, you know? Um, <sighs> but after years of building this where people, you know, instead of knocking would just walk in. And, you know, it was assumed Monday night someone walks in, hey, they're they're here for a reason. Um, there's been numerous times where we've had several of the people that are still with us walk in, grab food, and leave. Yeah. Because they knew they could get a hot meal, they could sit down for 10 minutes, and they have to go back to doing what they're doing. And they did that. And oh, and there's been several times, like, I can't make it tonight. I had this thing, you know, an hour after we start, and we would tell them, come here, get, get your food. Get your food, and then get go to your class. coffee. 
Yeah. Go to your class, do whatever, but make sure you eat. Yeah. And, and that just kind of became the culture of Guildhall is, yeah. you know, you, you know, if we can't, if you can't hang out all night, at least come and eat with us. Yeah. And that was, and that was our thing. You know, it's, it's not about, so instead, we made it about motive. So yeah. we made it about their motive being that we care. So the motive is care. And that was our big thing. Um, you know, yeah, if we, you're going to be a part of this group, you have to care about other people. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, <laughs> and that was honestly our thing. Um, and so when we met people like that who cared and there was, there's been a few who have literally come take, 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 take. And then when asked to return it, they don't, and then got mad. And then when you don't cater them, they left. And there's been some of those. Yeah. Um, there, there has. And, you know, there's been those conversations like, hey, that's kind of disrespectful. You know, you only are here for the food. You're not here for anyone but the food. And that's it. Ever. Right. And you have nothing else to do. And you, you admit to that. Like, no, come on. You know, because we want to get to know you and, and be with you and have, you know, time with you. We want that. Right. Um, But the big thing is, is, you know, it, like I said, it took like four years, three, three or four years to build that just that to that point. And then we come into, I guess what you would say is the modern era. The era modern era of Guildhall. Of Guildhall. Um, when it actually started getting referred to Guildhall. So about roughly two years ago, um, another set of friends of ours who came in, um, we met Malin, who um, is again on whiskey and pancakes with us. Um, and her husband started coming. And they brought some of their friends um, who aren't with us and not dead, just <laughs> not in the group. Um, who are not with us right now. And, uh, and it was, you know, at the time, it was them and um, Malin, her husband, uh, Travis, uh, Joe, and, and me and Julia. And that's that was it for a while. And, like, that was the operating thing. And that was the sweet spot. Um, and Malin yeah, um, brought some friends in. They didn't stick around long. Um, but we get to the modern era. Um, and then a, a friend, Aaron, and then a Holly, they, they started coming a quite a bit after that. But when they started coming, basically, um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, someone mentioned the term Guildhall. Because up until then, it was game night. Everyone referred to this as game night. And we had we had changed our internet um name to guild hall just for it's funsies. been it's been oasis it's been numerous things it's you been know. brockle manor yeah like i all still i stuff. still like that one i wish and, we'd get a little plaque and you know we changed it to guild hall or whatever because i just got tired of people you know we lived close to college campus and everyone had these odd names and so when someone saw guild hall we play D D, and that's a thing you know yeah so everyone knew okay that's that has to be where i'm at um and so <laughs> One of the one of the girls that was a student, Tarleton, or no, uh, Damien, said it out loud to someone. I got to go to Guildhall because we made a joke about it or something. We were sitting around the table and we made a joke about ah oh, the Guildhall. Da, da, da. Or, no, I said it in a text. <laughs> I said it a joke. You know, tonight at the Guildhall. Da, 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 just as this stupid, yeah, super the, corny the group joke. Lost their mind. It was like ah, oh, what? We're the Guildhall now. Yeah. What are you talking about? And so they kind of ran with it and. Became a joke, and then the joke turned into a uh, the reality. <laughs> well, the joke turned into what we are, and it it turned into kind of a, a family. 
It's you a know. cult. We're a cult. That's yeah, what it is. When you break it down, yeah. We're um, a cult. And so... I mean, if we want to break it down by all standards and um, legal issues, we're technically a religion. <laughs> uh, we, 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 <laughs> Pretty we, much. We, we meet all the prerequisites to become a 503... <laughs> 501c3. 501c3 yeah. organization. We just don't take money <laughs> ever. We take, we take we take cookies. Um, <laughs> those are those so, are, those are the tithe to the guild halls. Is, is so um, so people started referring to it as that, um, and that's just kind of what we stuck with it as, um, and kind of ran with it. Um, and so then there was trouble in the guild hall, and so um, we went six years. Um, it was, it was good. Yeah, we, we got to a point, uh, I remember a few months before the, the, the trouble happened, well, I mean, um, I mean, thinking like, you know, we are doing so well, everything is just kind of hit a, like, like you said, a sweet spot. Yeah. Like everyone, like what happens if something happens the next year it, it's fractured and we're all destroyed. Yeah. Like what, what could do that? And Cause we think of anything that we've would. had, we had some small fracturing before that and we're getting back on and all these things, but they were more like, I'm, I'm going to be gone a week. You piss me off type of shit. It was never really like all that super serious. Um, until came last October. Um, and uh, that's where, that's where, honestly, for a lot of us, um, life changed. Um, not a fan of doing this, but uh, that's going to have to be part two, folks. So we love you guys. Um, be looking for part two of this. Um, the series um, of Guild Hall stories. Um, and uh, we'll get into, um, well, pretty much the last, the end of 2019 and the beginning into uh, 2020. Uh, 2020. So um, remember to find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, be sure to leave a like and a comment. Go check out Whiskey and Pancakes, uh, episode one up. It, episode one is up right now. I can't talk. Um, There'll be a link in the bio. There will be a link in the bio. Um, go check it out um, and be on the lookout for another podcast, Nerd Alert, coming out, which me and Julie are also um, on. We're, we're on a lot nowadays. Um, yeah, the pandemic has turned us into <laughs> avid podcasters. And uh, with, with that, with other good friends of ours, Scott and Tabby. Um, and remember to go check out uh, the Fade to Gray Network. Um, go check out all the, the podcasts there. I got some um, great episodes up right now. So if, you, need, if you need some more stuff to listen to, uh, check out their new mm-hmm. ones because mm-hmm. they're absolutely fantastic. And be sure to give them a like and a comment and, and tell them they're doing a great job. Um, we need the validation, guys. Come on. We do. We do. But um, but yeah. So we will be talking to you guys next time, and we'll have part two of Guildhall stories. Um, y'all have a good one. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. When all the beaches dry up and all of the parties are over, will you still love?
Jesus.